Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. We are highly attentive to inflation risks and determined to take the measures necessary to restore price stability. The American economy is very strong and well positioned to handle tighter monetary policy. <coughs> to conclude, we understand that our actions affect communities, families, and businesses across the country. Everything we do is in service to our public mission. We at the Fed will do everything we can to achieve our maximum employment and price stability goals. Thank you. I look forward to your questions. First question, Jerome Powell, chairman of the Fed. What are you talking about? That that should have been the, the first question. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, guys? 833 got Tony. 833-468-8669. You can keep talking about the fundamentals of the economy being strong from now until the end of time. Too much cash, not enough stuff. Gas at $5 a gallon, and people are discussing the fact that this is going to last for years. I'll get into what the Exxon CEO had to say, and Joe Biden being a no-good thug. Oh, I guess the CEOs are a little sensitive. If you want to meet the president who's rude, who's, who's derogatory, who's dismissive, who's demeaning, his name is not spelled Trump, it's spelled Biden. You, you can say both, but you can't just say Trump. No, 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 that dog won't hunt. Meanwhile, the Dow's down 59. The NASDAQ is down just eight. Started way down lower in terms of where the, uh, where the futures were. But if there is indeed commitment on the side of the Fed to do something about inflation, which is the increase of interest rates, well, that's going to make the market feel better. That's going to make them say, okay, the Fed's serious. This is going to be better for markets in the long term. Uh, I had a chance to talk to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. I'll get into that conversation. We will share that with you. So the economic conversation is a big conversation today. And then, of course, is the conversation about the gun legislation. This gun legislation that, well, does it or does it not do anything? And the answer is, I'm not a fan. Based on the reading that I've done, based on the looking that I've done, I am not a fan. Uh, Guy Relford, Second Amendment attorney, uh, the head of the 2aproject.com, will be with us to kind of break it down a little bit more into these pieces about boyfriend loophole, uh, these pieces about red flag laws, and then, of course, the part that has me more bothered than others which is this idea of we're going to look into juvenile records for people trying to buy a firearm under the age of 21. We're going to check your juvenile records. My issue remains that this is a very suspect bit of desire here. You were in a, a troubled teen. Now you're, you're a young adult. And, well, we got to take a look at how troubled you were to determine whether or not you can get a firearm. 
Let's make the claim that you were a teen who once stole a wallet from Target. Does that stop you from getting a firearm? You might say no. You were one of these teens who once harmed a cat. Does that uh, stop you from getting a firearm? Maybe. Maybe. Animal cruelty might stop you from getting a firearm. The question before us is, if it's something you did at the age of 14, and now you're the age of 20, you're a very different person. I was a different person at 20. I was a different person, uh, uh, you know, six years after that, 26. How far back do we go based on your age? Meaning, if you're wanting to purchase firearm at 20, we look back at something you did when you were 14 and ask, hmm, is that safe? Is it safe when you're 35 as well? If you did something uh, violent to an animal. At what age are we like, yeah, but they were a kid. If you were a kid at 14, then you you were still a kid at 14, even if you're 35. Well, you've had much more time to learn. Really? Are we sure about this? It seems to me that the age conversation is remarkably arbitrary. It seems to me that this is a desire to say we did something as opposed to doing anything. And I'm not a fan of that. And I am not a fan of the slippery slope, which I absolutely believe exists. But if you tell me you want to put money towards mental health, great. I just want to know what it's going to do. What does the money towards mental health do except hire more people who make the claim that they're in mental health? I don't think America is suffering from a dearth of social workers. I don't see that as the big societal issue. Because as we have seen in Uvalde, and I'll get into this a little bit later as well. In Uvalde, Texas, 19 students murdered, two teachers murdered. They knew this kid was a problem in that town. They knew it. People were afraid of him. He wanted social media fame. These are the reports coming out right now. Who did what? Who did what? They just hoped for the best? Did they have any inkling whatsoever at any moment that this 18-year-old was thinking about harming a school or harming students? What is it that a, a society should do at that moment? Well, Tony, that's why we need red flag laws. You're not getting the argument from me on that. If this was the case, it's that it gets utilized in almost a retributive fashion against people who've done nothing wrong. Red flag laws are when a, you can be adjudicated mentally unfit and have your Second Amendment rights taken from you. But as we've pointed out here on this program, we've heard Cam Edwards of BearingArms.com explain, they take your gun, they don't take your knives. They take your gun, they don't take your car. They take your gun, they don't take your matches in a gas can. Somebody who wants to do harm wants to do harm. But they don't take the other things. They take your firearm and then say, oh, I guess we're done here. And they walk away. So mental health services, what does that mean? 
red flag laws. How does that connect with mental health services? And the red flag laws that they want, they're trying to encourage the states to engage red flag laws. Well, there's a carrot in there, I assume, a whole bunch of money. Is there a stick? Is there something else that gets engaged? Now, these aren't the only two stories going on in America, but they are big ones. Our financial future and the idea of our rights. Man, that's that's some heavy stuff right there, boys and girls. And this is only the tip of the iceberg. Because we have other bits of madness. Like, for example, so-called feminists telling young women in sports, why don't you just lay back and take it and shut your mouth? Because after all, being inclusive is more important than what you do. That's the story of Megan Rapino. That story is coming up. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz.